Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. I'm really excited about today's guest, Steve Sostak. His work with students and teachers all over the world is truly amazing. In fact, the initiative he co-founded, Inspire Citizens, was recently recognized by 100.org as a top 100 education innovation for 2021. Firstly, Steve, congratulations to you and everyone involved in the project and Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, first of all, so much for the invitation. And yeah, it's really exciting. You know, we've been, we're still kind of babies, you know, as, as far as Inspire Citizens has only been around for a little over four years. So to mm-hmm. get that recognition and know that, you know, we're, we're making a difference that, that really feels good. And, and it's, you know, I, I'm just happy to be here. So let's, let's roll. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I, I just briefly introduced how we know each other or, or what I admire about what you're doing. Um, please let our uh, listeners know more about you. Yeah, well, I'm originally, we talked a little on the, in the pre-show here, but I, I'm from Chicago originally. I was actually a musician for years before I went back and got my teaching master's. So I awesome. come from a pretty creative background and and actually teaching then became something where Um, I feel like I was able to kind of continue down a creative and innovative path, right? Mm So I started teaching in grade four in Chicago. It was uh, EAL, self-contained classroom. Um, It was really interesting because it was 26 kids in 13 home languages in one room. So really learned a lot of, uh, you know, strategies and, and, Mm -hmm. and teaching chops and those experiences. And I was really fortunate to, with my wife and I, we went overseas and had our first international teaching experience in Lima, Peru. And it's where we kind of went from zero to three kids. We had an Insta family. We adopted a 15-year-old and five-year-old sisters from Peru and had a baby a couple months later. And so that was a really unique experience and then ended up teaching middle school in Malaysia and then eventually up at the International School of Beijing where... I was able to meet Aaron Monas. He was my, um, he's the co-founder of Inspire Citizens. But at the time when we first met, he was my co-teacher. He was my learning support co-teacher and we were very similar. He's still a musician and we're both kind of covered in tattoos. And when we first met, we're like, all right, there's a lot of synergy here, not only in the the teaching philosophy, but sort of the philosophy on life. Right. And a a few years later, we decided to give Inspire Citizens a spin and it's it's been going really, really well. So that yeah. you know, kind of gives you a little background as how we got started. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's again, just really happy to be here to share our story. That's awesome. Quite an international journey. So really exciting. And yeah, we're definitely going to get into Inspire Citizens and also the international global aspect of, of you and what you do. Uh, but the first question I always ask my guests is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, we were also joking about this a little bit earlier, right? <laughs> Where 
I have, I have my whiteboard here. I'm, I'm a very visual learner. And when you sent me the invitation for this, I was thinking a little bit about, you know, what would I talk about, when, you know, surrounding belonging as like mm -hmm. the center of a mind map. And I think there's a lot of ways to go with that. But I think the one thing that really always jumps out to me, especially in the world that we're in right now, is the idea of um, really making sure everybody, as many voices are at the table in, in co-creating solutions, right? Or co-creating and shaping a, a better future. And that that's kind of at the essence of what we do mm -hmm. uh, with Inspire Citizens. And kind of what I hope to do as a, as a teacher when I was when I was teaching and when I still work with kids is to make yeah. them feel like their voice matters, right? Make mm -hmm. them feel like they have something to contribute. And, you know, making certain that when we're working together to co-create a better future, um, that all those voices are, are in that mix, right? And mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah. that's, I think that's really at the root of when I think about belonging is just making sure that there's a sense of, you know, understanding and we have a common yeah. goal and that everybody has a part in that. So yeah. I hope that's a good answer. Does that fit? Oh, that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know, I learned so much from from all of my guests. And it's really interesting how each one has a slightly different perspective about what belonging means to them, whether it's personal or professional, uh, how it affects them. So I, I love asking that question each time. And yes, you're right, feeling valued and feeling that you matter, and then being able to contribute that to a community uh, whether it's students and or whether it's Inspire Citizens. In fact, it's really interesting because I was listening to a podcast today that Scott Barry Kaufman uh, produces called the Psychology Podcast. And he yeah. was in interviewing Isaac Prilatensky. <laughs> and he's very involved in uh, positive psychology, but more so in the idea of mattering. And mm. so... Um, basically what he's what he was saying is it's important to feel like you matter personally but it's more important that you add value to your community to the uh, common uh -huh. good and 100%. so that's exactly what you were referring to is this idea of it's not that that i'm valuing you and your contri contribution to to a solution I'm value, valuing the fact that you're contributing to solution as part of a community. And, and I love that. It's so, it's so interesting that I, I listened to that today and, and it resonated so much with me. So yeah, it's, it's perfect. We, we actually have a process often we take kids through in that where we do some heart mapping and we mm -hmm. often call talent plus target equals vocation. It's, it's almost a sense of like, we call it, it's like a almost a kid's version of like Ikigai. I don't know if you've seen the Ikigai yes. model before, mm -hmm. right? But helping kids to, you know, kind of connect that and show that, you know, we all have something that matters on the inside, right? Or it could be mm -hmm. a passion, it could be a skill, it could be an interest, sure. a hobby, a talent. And how do we take that sort of inner need and mm -hmm. then connect it to something outside of ourselves that the world needs, right? Or really our community right. needs. Right. And when you can do that and show, especially students, that they can take that inner need and connect it to something outside of themselves, that's where we find a lot of the magic happens with, you know, the teaching and learning that we do, that transformative learning, right? Mm -hmm. But also that, like you said, that sense of belonging and that you're then right. contributing to something bigger than yourself, right? Yes. 
and then the other component going the other way with that is I think offering yourself as somebody who listens, right? So I, we work mm -hmm. a lot with our kids and students and, and teachers as well on active listening mm -hmm. and, you know, follow-up questions and needs analyses and ways that you're working with communities and partnering with others as opposed to, you know, coming in necessarily with solutions or, you know, it sets up a very interesting dynamic and I think mm -hmm. more of a compassionate framing of the way that you know, teaching and learning and service learning, sure. if you want to call it that, or project-based mm -hmm. learning can happen, right? Is that when it's yes. it's grounded in active listening and it's grounded in mm -hmm. that sense of vocation, you can really right. make a difference in, in, in schools and in the classroom, right? Sure, and, and you take those skills to the work world also. That's something that my, my daughter does, you know, as a consultant or, or somebody who has to find solutions within a company you have to be able to do all of that. So those are really life skills that you need to acquire is to be able to listen and find out what is your client really asking for. And, and if you're not really getting it or to make sure you're getting it, to ask those pertinent questions. Um, and it's not easy. We, we need to model that and we need to teach that. And often we just assume it's learned basically as part of the curriculum, but, but it's not. So I, I love... I love all that that you said. Most definitely. And that's actually a lot of work we also do when we work on strategic planning with schools, because we mm -hmm. also work a lot in the realm of um, school transformation also, right? right? So we'll often come into schools and there's lofty mission statements. You know, our, our students are global yes. citizens or our students are creative problem solvers or, right. you know, active you know, we're, we're active and making a difference. Mm -hmm. Often there's kind of a gap there and how we're actually, how do we know, right? Or what mm -hmm. exactly are we doing to elicit and get the kids to demonstrate their growth in those areas right. over time, right? They, they tend to be a little secondary in the way that, um, you know, we report out growth or, um, you know, often just teachers kind of feel the crunch of standards and et cetera. Mm -hmm which are important, but then you get those cognitive skills like critical thinking and, right. you know, or the disposition such as empathy that sort of end up taking a, you know, a back seat mm -hmm. to the things, you know, that we are right. often reporting on, right, or we're testing right. on. And then, like you said, you get to the workplace or you get to especially the world of 2021 mm -hmm. and you start to realize, oh my gosh, we need empathy. We need flexible thinking. We need right. critical thinking. We need active listening and so on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think often those go under the radar, or underappreciated in the what, you know, the what of what we need to be teaching. Absolutely. And, and a disconnect, unfortunately, between uh, the corporations and companies and, and, uh, public institutions and their need for certain types of skills and what we're actually producing when students come out of school. So definitely really, really important. Um, you co-founded Inspired Citizens, of course, which you've mentioned, uh, and it's grown by leaps and bounds, even though it's always only been around for, for four years. On the Inspire Citizens website, um, you describe it this way, as international leaders in reimagining schools as community centers of sustainable development, equity, and well-being, we use the global impact school model and transformative learning goals to guide and co-create future-focused, student-centered learning environments. So that sounds like a pretty awesome idea, but is it really achievable? And what is a global impact school? 
Yeah, well, you can see the model on our, first of all, it's funny when you read it back to me, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of words in there, isn't it? But I really believe we, we do get into those in the nuances of what we do when we work with schools. So, you know, we global impact school model is kind of a holistic approach to school transformation that centers on, you know, some of those cognitive skills and dispositions that we were just talking mm -hmm. about. And we'll, we'll work with schools to contextualize what do we want that common language to be? Right. So, for example, I work after being in Asia for a while and, and being mentored by some colleagues here in China. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been even looking a lot at like conceptions of wisdom and compassion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, that empathy to impact work that we do right. and, and saying to ourselves, how can we center to make that in essence sort of the why of the transformative learning? And then what we do is we sort of work with the kids or kids and teachers and the whole community and say, well, then what are those impacts? What are those goals that we want okay. to put there at the heart of what we're doing in our school community? And again, often they're in the mission already, but we're just mm -hmm. not quite living them yet, right? So or they're very contextualized to, to each environment. That's most, wonderful. Most definitely, mm -hmm. right? And so again, in some schools, for instance, if you're an IB school, a lot of those are already found in things like the approaches to learning, right? Yes. So you might have your research skills or your communication and your, mm -hmm. you know, your resilience and your effective skills, yes. et cetera. But then what we'll do with the, with schools is we, we go through a process where we start kind of with a whole school approach and say, mm -hmm. we're going to do some futures thinking about, you know, what are the insights and foresights we can come up with about where are we at in the world in 2021, Right. We'll look at change drivers like the future of technology or future mm -hmm. of economics and work, social discourse and polarization. And we'll say, mm -hmm. what do those, you know, what does that research show and what does that mean for what we're teaching and learning and how we're teaching and learning right. and, and why we're teaching and learning. And then we start unpacking language of sustainable development, mm -hmm. wellness, social justice, et cetera. So we, we then have kind of a common through line and purpose mm -hmm. and then a common vocabulary that can help guide some of our key concepts, for example, right? Yeah. And then from there, it's just a matter of, you know, getting in the weeds with teachers and students mm -hmm. and start looking at how do we enhance units that, so that we can bring that spirit and that, that why out okay. in our teaching and how then can we enable students to be the ones that are driving it, right? So whether okay. it's through inquiry, project-based learning, et cetera. And also sometimes we do work where we're using uh, student leadership programs, Mm -hmm. uh, media literacy programs we work with schools and then just kind of take that holistically and and you know over time have short-term and long-term goals mm -hmm. and um it's if if schools kind of stick with it it happens right you start to see some mm -hmm. amazing transformation you know we've had a long-term partnership for example at Seoul Foreign School in South Korea okay. and they've been working with us for almost four years now Mm -hmm. And they've embedded now all of the things we were just talking about, you know, sustainable development, uh, wellness, social justice, humane technology, mm -hmm. and so on. And inside, like, I want to say something like three to four units per grade level across the school. Nice. Right? And it's, and the nice thing about that too, is it's not an add-on, right? It just, it's mm -hmm. embedded into mm -hmm. what they're doing and what they've sort of committed to right. as the culture right. of their school. Right. And you feel it when you go into yeah. places like that. You really yes. talk about, mm -hmm. and you talk about that sense of belonging, right? Mm -hmm. You walk into those kind of environments and you're just, you feel the warmth. Yes. You feel the compassion. People are, they, they know, they know their why. 
-hmm. and it's and the kids feel quite empowered it's a it's an exciting environment when you can work on developing that yeah and uh, you mentioned about uh the the soul school has has continued with it i know that you've gathered some some data i know you've only been around for about four years but you have some data what what does that data really show in terms of um i mean what are you trying to connect um through the data what do you want to find out I think, well, two things. One is we want to start showing growth in those areas that we're talking about, the transformative learning. Right. Groups, right? So what we'll, what you're looking at then there is then, okay, so how then do we put those into a situation that we can value those in the same way that you might value an IB score, an SAT score, nice. et cetera. So we look at things like mastery transcript, right. or we even you know work into their Maya learning, sort of their back channels of their mm-hmm. student transcripts and that becomes part of the student's story, right? And the kids are triangulating that data. So as they're traveling or going through their journey from PYP in the Mm -hmm. elementary, we're looking through the lenses of the ATLs, for example, those approaches to learning or the transformative learning. And then that's what they're tagging and posting in, for instance, Seesaw or Toddle. And that becomes, again, the storytelling that goes into student-led conferences. It becomes Mm -hmm. part of what parents are expecting. And the kids then know that they're going after those, you know, those d- right. the deeper learning, you know, impacts, right? Mm-hmm. And then as they move up, that becomes something that the school has committed to then reporting out on and gathering evidence in a way that then that goes alongside what they're sending off to the colleges, right? And awesome. what often happens then is you have this sort of parallel story, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's done in a way that it's not like we, you don't want to go into school and make it another thing. So if you can do it right. and sort of build it into what you're already doing and the way kids are reflecting in mm-hmm. their interdisciplinary learning, for example, right. yeah. or their service clubs or, you mm-hmm. know, um, personal projects, mm-hmm. et cetera, then um, it just becomes a fantastic enhancement. Right. So what we've right. seen is just, you know, you just get a more well-rounded, holistically well kid that actually still scores really well on tests, right? Mm-hmm. So, I bet. You know, and I'm not, and that's not a, you know, if I could, to be honest, if I could get rid of things like the SATs and, and some of those IB scores and the pressures mm-hmm. of those, I think I would be the first in line to try to advocate for, we have to find a way to not make them um, induce so much anxiety in kids. Yeah, too high yeah. stakes. Right. But that's where I see this being such a great opportunity to sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, partner with people like Mastery Transcript to really push to um, just to to value things that are, I think, like we talked about earlier, really important for the future of the planet and the workplace. Right. 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 You know, know, I think if we just stick in that quantitative realm where Mm -hmm. we're really, you know, I feel like we're dehumanizing kids, you know, and I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting against that quite a bit. Right. And you can, you can even see that in higher education institutions because it's so difficult for them now to differentiate between the student and that student if you're just using quantitative methods. So I'm thinking about these mastery transcripts and the storytelling. Isn't that a wonderful way for a student to differentiate themselves in, in order to be able to show the different kinds of things that they've done including service learning or additional activities or the kind of projects that they've worked on. And yeah, I, you know, and then being able to, to have that ability to tell the story 
which is really important if you're applying to a job or you're applying to to a, a university or a college. So, and then just 100%. being able to talk about yourself, isn't that wonderful? I mean, it hits yeah, right. all of those important points. Yeah, and there's so many ways that you could imagine doing that, right? Whether it's through having your own kind of website, you know, where you're telling your story over mm -hmm. time. And, and I don't think you want to make it too cumbersome or too, again, no. we don't want to necessarily add a whole nother layer of stress on onto kids, but right. that sense of belonging comes mm -hmm. back, you know, think about even the little ones, right? Map testing, for example, right. you know, is, you know, inevitably if you're putting you know, numbers forward to the community or parents, mm -hmm. but the only thing you're really testing is reading, writing, or language usage and math, mm -hmm. you're sort of devaluing all the arts, you're devaluing social studies and science, you're devaluing Absolutely. PE and, mm -hmm. and, and other, in ways that it's not, again, it's not, it's, it's not healthy. Right. And again, I think that's not to say things like map testing isn't important because I do mm -hmm. think having those data points are key. Right. But then you, again, we need to paint the bigger picture mm -hmm. and we need to start really valuing that because again, that, mm -hmm. that back to your theme, it provides a more sense, I think, of belonging to all of the different talents right. that you have in your community. Right. And we know in, in today's world, you know, when we zoom out, the system's not working so well, I don't think. It works well for some people, but mm -hmm. when we really look at the big picture right now, Right. We need to reimagine that system and we need to try some different things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what you're talking about is looking more holistically yeah. rather than just at specific blips in time and making sure that we incorporate all of those, all of those things, um, not one over the other. Some, sometimes we tend to think that we ha have one at the expense of the other, but I think what's, what's, um, awesome about what you're doing is you're trying to ensure that it isn't an add-on, but that the school, the teachers, the students, everybody involved look, looks at it as a way to complete their mission. I mean, they have a mission statement and often they're, you know, it's, it's worded really well, but it's not exactly what they're able to show that they're doing. And when their students graduate, it's like, well, I think they got it. But, um, you know, as Grant Wiggins once said at a presentation I was at, um, may he rest in peace. He said, you know, you sort of throw it at the wall and hope it sticks. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't work. And so something like you're doing where it's very intentional exactly. is, is something that, uh, you know, we're going to be mindful about, then we are really going to care about it, whether we're the student, the teacher, the administrator, you know, it all becomes a part of our being, who we are. Yeah, most definitely. It just sets that, it sets a cultural, you know, foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think you want to, I want to always be careful. You don't want to necessarily limit um, creativity or, or imagination right. of what, what we can want our kids to be able to do or sure. you know, giving our teachers. This, again, I got into mm -hmm. teaching because I felt creative, right? Right. But at the same time, having a through line as a culture of a school, I feel like then it just it can feed the, the different initiatives or what you're working on mm -hmm. and feed that specific culture. And if it is mm -hmm. transformative learning, right? Right. And if you can just, if you can guarantee at the, at the other end of this, that your kids are coming out of there, mm -hmm. you know, as imaginative thinkers and, you know, you know, agile leaders, and they know, like, again, they know how to listen and they're empathetic and they, they're not afraid to fail. And, and, you know, 
Right. That's what the world is asking of us right now. It's pretty obvious, right? And well, that's uh, what we need. Yeah, we need more of that. That's for sure. Um, Steve, although you focus on student agency, it's not the only part of the educational system that you're trying to affect. You're also supporting teachers, which we've mentioned a little bit. Tell me and our listeners more about what Inspire Citizens is doing in the education space globally and how can teachers get involved? So how I'm a teacher somewhere in the world and this sounds really awesome or I'm an administrator, educator somewhere, a parent maybe who's interested. How, how can we get started? Well, the first thing that I would say is, you know, just by visiting our site, there's a lot of ways that you, a lot of different mm -hmm. directions you can go, mm -hmm. right? We have, first, the first thing that I'm really excited about that I've put about two years into is we've kind of created our own uh, master's program and certification. So you get your Inspire Citizens stamp of approval or a tattoo, I guess, if that's your thing, right? But awesome. it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a full year program mm -hmm. that takes you through futures thinking. Again, it gets you into sort mm -hmm. of different um, metacognitive language for mm -hmm. you know what we consider to be sustainable development, which includes mm -hmm. the sustainable development goals, but goes right. beyond into some of the things I was saying, like mm -hmm. harmony with nature, holistic wellness, thinking like a 21st century economist, mm -hmm and so on, right? Nice. And then we go into training through what's called civic literate, what we call civic literacies. Mm -hmm. So um, we've been inspired by people like Kathy Berger Kay and mm -hmm. other, other people that are helping students in sort of that community service lens, looking at, okay, how do we unpack and create media? How do we unpack and create good interviewing and mm -hmm. asking those deeper research questions to find the truth? Nice. How do we do observations? Do, are we data literate? Mm -hmm. Are we, you know, graph literate? What's called graphicacy, right? So that mm -hmm. that becomes something that it's like a profile or a toolkit of being right. a global citizen. You you have to be able to understand how to find the truth, right? Yes. And then we then we work a lot on integrating what um, schools have as sort of their applied standards. So we'll look at things mm -hmm. such as language arts or C3 uh, civic standards. Mm -hmm. But another one we use a lot are like the ISTE student standards. And we look oh, because most wonderful. schools these days, right? We're using mm -hmm. technology. So why not utilize the fantastic language of the ISTE mm -hmm. standards to just get that in there to help kids explain and be intentional, like you said, about mm -hmm. why am I using technology in this particular situation, right? Right. And then the last component we do to train teachers. So basically what I'm doing right now is taking you through empathy mm -hmm. to impact right. is what is action? So we mm -hmm. work on enhanced action and unit planning and enhanced action in mm -hmm. you know, student projects. And then what is, who is that action with or for, right? right? So again, imagining framing, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the word service learning because I think it sets up a relationships that's not quite reciprocal. Right. And I think sometimes our kids, especially in international schools where we do a lot of work, have a tendency to remain in our bubble. And then when we go out into, mm. you know, a little bit more of experiential learning and more of a local community, mm -hmm. when you start thinking through the lens of service, it can become charity real quick, right? Right. So how do we establish partnerships? So we, we frame a lot of our right. work around community partners mm -hmm. and then also who's your audience, Right. right. Yeah, so, I saw that on the website also, which is really interesting, not just the schools that you work with, but the other partners that you have, they're all on the same page. That was really yeah. impressive. 
No, and I, I love that. And that's what we try to explain both with, you know, teachers and with kids. Mm -hmm. So for teachers, like going through that process with us, we offer the master's program, which yes. is a full year and a practicum. Mm -hmm. And then we offer some shorter pieces like empathy to impact design sprints, which mm -hmm. are usually, you know, one to two days of kind of let's, let's bring a unit you already have to the table and let's see how we can help you enhance that. Okay. Um, and then with teachers will also do stuff in the realm of student leadership. So helping mm -hmm. design, but we like to actually do that with the kids in the room as well sure. um, to get their voice in there. And sometimes we'll even actually have kids helping the teachers plan units, right? So, because nice. teachers and students- As it should be. <laughs> well, and it also, then you, then you get away from teachers feeling the fear of not knowing everything. Because mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. that's, we find that to be one of the big holdups with teachers often is they, they want to know the, all the tools or they want to know the content before they go into a unit. So we try really hard to support them through learning how to learn. Teach your kids to learn how to learn. Don't right. think about yourself as my, my, my colleague, Greg Curtis always says, don't deliver the pizza, right? <laughs> show, show the kids how, how, mm -hmm. how to, learn, how to right? put it all together. Yeah. Right. And that's also something we do a lot of coaching for teachers and supporting them through that process as well. Mm -hmm. So again, we do a lot of personalized coaching and work that way. Mm -hmm. But our biggest thing is the master's program and the empathy to impact design sprints. Yeah, yeah, nice. The personalized and the continuous professional development. When you're talking about transformative teaching and learning is absolutely a necessity. As you say, you know, teachers feel that they need to know before they start anything. And if they don't know, they need to be able to have somebody to go back to, to ask a question. And often when we have these one-off types of uh, professional development sessions, even a full day, you go back into your classroom and it doesn't work. And it's like, I don't know what to do next. It seemed like it was gonna work when I you know, was in that session. So I think it's wonderful and probably the reason why, one of the reasons why that, you know, your program is so, is so successful with those who really commit to it. And like anything, you, you have to really commit to it in order to have it, have it work. So, um, yeah, and it's all really quickly, that's all about that yeah, internal sure. capacity building, right? But mm -hmm. you're totally right. We, we were very lucky a few years ago when we first were starting, we got to go to Taiwan and actually have a, uh, four days with Kevin Mattingly, who is a really uh, fantastic professor from Teachers College. Mm -hmm. And we worked with him actually on unpacking best practices in professional learning, mm -hmm. and setting up kind of five pillars. And one of them actually ended up being that we try really, really hard to never take um, school partnerships that are shorter than about 10 days. Right? Okay. Because, mm -hmm. because we know exactly what you were just saying, because mm -hmm. we've been on the other side of it. And that's another thing I think teachers resonate with is we, yes. we, we, we were teachers for many years and mm -hmm. we know what initiative overload feels like, or we know yes. what it feels like to kind of be left out on an island mm -hmm. and just like, oh, you got it, go. And mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It doesn't stick, right? Maybe it'll stick with a few of us, yes. but as far as a, you know, a cultural change or a, a transformative pedagogical approach in a school, no, you, need, you need some consistency, right? Yes. And just yeah. like our kids, gradual release of responsibility. And then mm -hmm. when they got it, fantastic. Yes. Right. Yeah, then absolutely. That they're often running with it. Yes. Yeah. There are a couple of terms you, uh, you use, uh, and I will include the website 
and um, anything else you'd like me to include in the show notes. But some of the terms like compassionate empathy and constellation mindset, can you yeah. explain what those terms mean? Because I'm not sure that I even know what they mean. Yeah. So, well, compassion and empathy, actually, this is on my, both of those are actually on my whiteboard here for belonging. So this awesome. is perfect. Um, I look at compassionate empathy as, you know, a lot of people talk about empathy as sort of three tiers or three types. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine cognitive empathy being something that's a little bit more cerebral, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of our educational experiences tend to be, especially when we're hindered by schedules or by, um, you know, just are the everyday grind of teaching and learning, mm -hmm. we get stuck in kind of just the, the cognitive space, right? So we're reading a lot in our books, we might see some things in a, a film, mm -hmm. et cetera. And, and that's important, right? It's right. not to say in any way, we don't want kids reading books on, you know, diverse books, or we don't want, we, of course, we want kids doing that. Of course, we want kids seeing, you know, films about, you know, planet Earth, for example, about, you know, biodiversity and ecosystems, et cetera. Right. But as you move then to emotional empathy and you start making richer connections, like we were talking about with your local community, eventually you get to that spot where you, you hit what they call compassionate empathy. And it, mm -hmm. and it really, um, it sparks action. It sparks this sort of need to, um, to really do something for others, right? And back to what we yeah. started with, now you start to see how you fit and what you can contribute to your community. Right? right. And that's where I think when we can get to a point where people are more compassionate mm -hmm. with others and, and with themselves, right? Sure. We're in a much better place, right? Because mm -hmm. again, that's where we have to get our kids into that idea of just we need that's that experiential learning component, right? right. As far as constellation mindset goes, I actually just recently came across that from this wonderful book by a guy named Matthew Barzin. And he was actually Obama's um, ambassador to the UK. Mm -hmm. And he had worked for President Obama for in many years past, I think, in, before he became elected. But it's a really wonderful book called The Power of Giving Power Away. It's a real mm -hmm. short read. And he talks a lot about, and actually comes from his experience reading and researching this, um, the, the leadership guru's guru, who was a, a woman from the late 1800s in the US named Mary Parker Follett. Okay. And she came in with two things that really stuck with me from the book. Mm -hmm. He talks about co-creation as like her really only outcome of people working together that really matters, right? So he mm -hmm. said there's like four outcomes to any meeting or group work. Mm -hmm. One is where people acquiesce to somebody that comes in and wants to win or take power. Mm -hmm. That's not a good outcome. The other one is the vice versa or the flip of that where you're the one Mm -hmm. trying to win but then he brought up this idea or she brought up this idea of like compromise is mm -hmm. actually just a bunch of wins and losses and okay. that the goal should be we work together we belong together to co-create kind of mm -hmm. the one plus one equals three mentality right nice and then he brought up constellation mindset as as, as a norm of collaboration mm -hmm. where it's like and i've used this now whenever i work with teams and it's just three principles it's one um, be prepared to be needed, right? Okay. Be prepared to need others mm -hmm. and be prepared to change. Wow. So when, you, when you're in a meeting or when you're in working or together on something, always go in with that mindset that you're going to okay. come out having changed 
And then it sets you in, instead of going in with the idea that we have to compromise, you go in with the question like, what are we going to create together today? Right? Mm -hmm. That might be something different than I walked in the door with the idea right. that I had, and it might, might be different. I love that. Wow. Right. Look at all the tidbits you've picked up and been able to sort of synergize and put together. Um, gosh, it makes so much sense. Well, and I like that too, for again, the belonging piece. And especially when we work with kids, even mm -hmm. in like a, in the PYPX, for example, I just launched Constellation Mindset with fifth graders. And we talked about how PYPX, you are all a bunch of stars doing your own projects, right? Mm -hmm. You've got your energy. You've right. got your light, right? But mm -hmm. when you're putting it together into this full community, mm -hmm. that's that's when this exhibition becomes something really powerful, right? You know, really, really powerful, and it that's where you can change change your community, right? And mm -hmm. um, so I really I just love that it's very metaphorical, but I also mm -hmm. think it's so practical. Right? It is, yes, I love that. Yes, it is so. And it's really interesting with uh, going back to compassionate empathy, which is really important uh, physiologically also. I mean, when um, I was reading more about belonging, uh, I read something, I can't remember where it was, about the fact that we need to move from just being empathetic to being compassionate because the empathy, we feel that struggle of others. Yes. But it can really give us that secondary trauma because we don't know what to do with it. We're struggling just like the person is struggling. However, if we, and you said it, if we, if we look at it um, with compassion, we're, we're going to act on it. Yes. And the fact that we're acting on it is going to give us some release from that trauma or from feeling that pain that the other person is feeling. And it's really necessary for our own psychological, mental, and, and physical health. So I love that you know, you've combined it with the compassionate empathy because it, it speaks exactly what we need to be looking at. And if you're talking about belonging, for sure, because we want to feel that empathy and compassion for others as part of our ability to be able to say, you know, we understand the common good, you know, we want to be our best selves, but at the same time, we really need to add that value. And the only way we could see the need for adding value is to feel that compassion past the empathy. So I love it. And that's again, what we put at the center of our global impact schools, right? That mm -hmm. model comes back to that. We want to get our kids and we want to get our teachers and our communities to that point. And again, it's not necessarily going to solve every problem in the world, but right. being able then to know that we can sit across from each other. And and, mm -hmm. that, and, and, and another thing that he Matthew Barzin brought up in the book that I love is he talks about, he goes through the history of the American, the seal on the dollar, where actually on the backside is a constellation. And then on the front side is the pyramid. So we, you get those two visuals of a pyramid mindset versus a constellation mindset, right? right? But you know, he talks about how we should be often celebrating Interdependence Day in, instead of Independence Day. Yeah. Um, because what's happened then is 
Independence Day, you know, shows up in a sense that like we've, of course, we want to celebrate our independence. That's not to say that. But we then often forget that we are interdependent, mm -hmm. not only with each other, but with nature, with the world. Mm -hmm. and, and when we lose that connectivity piece or that connection, mm -hmm. that's where we kind of lose the humanity. Right. right. Yeah, and we see the, that happening around the world now. And well, and so, again, in schools, yeah. and it comes back again, all we're doing is putting quantitative mm -hmm. numbers on kids. How mm -hmm. can you, how do you teach interdependence then? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so many takeaways from this conversation. And please do send me the links to the books you've mentioned and the, uh, the people that you've mentioned, the ideas you mentioned. And of course, I'll make sure to have the Inspire Citizens website on there and People should really take a look because there is so much more information than we could cover in a in a podcast episode. Uh, Steve, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or or mention before we wrap up? Um, yeah, well, there's two things. One, I'm actually going to just a exciting news is I'm going to be doing some uh, more work with a fantastic organization out of Australia called High Resolves. So if you get a chance, check out highresolves.org. We're gonna be mm -hmm. doing some, um, some really cool, they've got some wonderful ecosystems that pull together a lot of these amazing resources of mm -hmm. you know, educators like Inspire Citizens that are doing similar things all around the world. Oh, and nice. they, they help bring it into a more equitable space, hybrid mm -hmm. opportunities, um, online spaces that, that really can help teachers all around the world. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. be doing a lot more work with them in the future, which I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think that's important is when you do visit our website at inspirecitizens.org is to take the time to check out our vignettes page and the Futures Media page, because you know one thing that we've also put in our mission is like proof of concept, right? Is yes. we don't yes. wanna talk just in these sort of theoreticals and we wanna show, show what the kids are actually doing and the teachers are doing on the ground. And we're pretty committed to sharing those stories. I'm a little backlogged on my vignette writing, but there's about 35 examples just on the website and of stories of, of teachers and kids doing things around the world. And there's about 50 published media pieces as well from the Futures Media stuff. So just again, to see that, you know, we're, we're, we want to show what it looks like and to then have people reach out if they see something that grabs them and just send us an email and we're pretty good about getting back and, and, and tossing any words of advice or feedback or taking advice as well. We're, we're pretty approachable guys. Yeah, that's amazing. Where can people find you if they want to hop off and, and find you right after the podcast? And of course, all that will be in the show notes also. Yeah. So again, inspirecitizens.org is the website. On Twitter, that's my only social media that I'm, I'm using these days, mm -hmm. is at inspirecitizen one so no s so just inspire citizen one and yeah i love i've really actually enjoyed twitter it's a great community so if again if you're into the type of things that we're talking about in this podcast which is how we met then yes. um yeah jump and follow me and you know keep keep tabs on some of the things we're doing and and definitely meet our community there because it's a mm -hmm. it's a really inspiring and i think a lot of we model a lot of compassion for one another so it's a it's a good place. Yes. And, and you could tell if you've been listening to the podcast, you can tell how much em empathy, compassion, and just desire to really 
transform the world of teaching and learning uh, that Inspire Citizens is really hoping to be able to just spread globally, hopefully. Thank you so much, Steve. This was absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Eileen, and thanks. Do invite me again in the future and keep doing what you're doing. You guys are, you know, it's great. The podcast is great. And, you know, I just, I feel really honored to be here. So thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Yes, we will definitely look for ways to, to work together also. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.